I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head. A safe place to hide a hurting heart. A gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I am sitting here in my big, comfortable black leather papa chair in my living room, and I am looking forward to putting my remaining moving parts and the warmest words I can find to work in honor of Valentine's Day. Big Louie, his own bad self, the chief mustard cutter of the Louie Louie generation, always says, you're never too old to make out as long as you have any moving parts left. You see, the pimple people have no understanding of that. The pimple people would pop their piercings <laughs> if they had any idea of how nicely Louie Louie generation lads and ladies can still move our remaining movable parts. And they don't know any warm and wonderful words. I have listened to their conversation. I have one word for the pimple people, and that one word is ha. Those of us who are Louie Louie lads and, and our ladies have seen a lot of images reflected in our rearview mirrors. Sometimes they're fun. Sometimes they're not. But smart Louie Louie lads and ladies know better than to let those reflected images reach out and grab us back into the past. That'd be dumb. And we know it's even dumber to get stuck following other people's images of what our lives should be like. Why should we live up to other people's expectations? Use it or lose it. That's why those of us who still have some moving parts left like to move them. There is a real history to Valentine's Day. Seems there was a priest by the name of Valentinius who lost his head courtesy of Claudius the Cruel on February 14th in the year 269 A.D. It's an interesting name, isn't it? Claudius the Cruel. Anyway, supposedly Father V healed his jailer's blind daughter and then he fell in love with her. And he left a note for her in his cell the night before his execution. And the note said, I love you from your Valentine. My Lady Wonder Witch and I have a Valentine's Day history too. Every year we go to dinner and a movie, and it's always the same thing. There's a restaurant that we like called The Farmhouse. Farmhouse is a big, old, renovated farmhouse. It has big, wide, polished oak floorboards, and they're fastened with wood pegs, and they have big fireplaces warming every room and filling the air with a perfume of burning pine. We have a favorite table there. It's uh, right by a little window. And usually there's a candle on it that puts a small flame at about the level of my lady's eyes. And that is an elegant reminder of the old legend that says, if a woman lets a man look directly into her eyes for two whole minutes, she'll be his in an hour. The room is full of mostly Louie Louie ladies and lads. And they are they're paying attention to each other. They're talking with each other about memories and plans, and passions, and dreams. It's a warm, quiet, graceful kind of talk. You don't hear individual conversations, of course. 
but you can hear the, the smiling, soft murmur of the very personal voices that are purring all around the room. It's really the sound of oral sex right there in the restaurant. Oral say you are a l words oral sex warm wonderful words and i'm glad to tell you that louis louis lads generally are very good at carefully slipping warm words into our ladies erogenous zones and louis louis ladies love wrapping themselves around the warmth <laughs> The pimple people don't know anything about oral erogenous zones. They don't understand that either erogenous zones are everywhere or they're nowhere. I think they'd be shocked to find that there is any actual life left for people who remember Johnny Carson and hula hoops and Louie Louie. Oh, yeah, we gotta go. Six details, a bunch of totally unimportant stuff to stuff in one ear, so you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake at night out the other ear, and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. The smart guys in the white lab coats tell us that marital fights make physical healing harder. Hey, that ought to be called the Lorena Bobbitt syndrome. Remember Lorena Bobbitt? Ooh, hurts the even... Say the name. Other white lab coats guys say that in the past 30,000 years, the human brain has shrunk by about 12.5%. I think that explains a lot of what us humans have been doing lately. Remember, it's use it or lose it. And those sly, fun-loving guys who take surveys say that 17% of Americans now claim they flush their toilets less than they used to. Smelly, smelly, smelly. Dicks to tails. They take your mind off your mind. Dinner and a movie. That's the Valentine's Day tradition with my lady Wonder Wench and me. I told you about the dinner. The movie is an oldie but goodie. Bogart and Bergman in Casablanca. It was made more than 60 years ago. World War II was exploding. People were scared. Movies were all in black and white. Miss Ingrid Bergman was arguably the most beautiful young woman in the world at the time. Mr. Humphrey Bogart was kind of a lumpy-looking guy with a funny name and big ears and a trace of a lisp that he got when some guy gave him a permanent fat lip in a real-life fight. But Bogart knew the power of oral sex. Words. He didn't try to impress Bergman with his money or his fancy car or his stud hood. He just lifted a glass of champagne and he looked at her very carefully and he smiled and he said, here's looking at you, kid. And suddenly the screen was full of her eyes. He made their story all about her and she made him the hero of their story. That is the power of oral sex. Warm words. There's a story in the Bedtime Stories personal audio CD about a woman who, as they say, wasn't getting any. 
oral sex. Warm words. It's called Mr. Smalltalk. married Mr. Smalltalk, a nice, hard-working guy who sprays his car with air freshener and hangs his trousers up carefully before he makes love. His conversations are full of how's the weather and sports scores, kind of stuff that mostly fills empty spaces with sounds. He even asked you to marry him in Smalltalk. He said, we could get married if you like. You were in your late 20s and very tired of the dating game and you couldn't think of any particular reason to say no, so you said yes. Well, predictably, your marriage is like most of your conversations. Small talk casual. It's not bad, just sort of distant. And that's okay because you like your space and he's even got some money. You're a bright woman. You run your own business and you ride your quarter horse in shows. You love the challenge of both. You set your own schedule so you take time each day for a ride. The exercise feels good, and so does the teamwork that you and your horse are teaching each other. After your ride, you usually stop at a neighborhood diner for lunch and a few laughs with the other regulars. One of them is a flight instructor at the small airport down the road. You first noticed him because he was obviously trying not to notice you. He didn't stare. He just couldn't seem to stop his eyes from flicking your way. It surprised you because your everyday riding outfit is a pair of worn, stretchy jeans and an old, long-sleeved, blue turtleneck sweater under a plaid flannel shirt with a green down vest. You get muddy and sweaty when you ride, and your hair gets scrunched down inside your helmet. It's not exactly sexy. His opening line was, Hi, this place is pretty crowded today. Do you mind if I share your table? He's a very ordinary-looking guy. Average height. Worn brown leather jacket, couple of gray streaks and curly brown hair. Ray-Ban sunglasses, t-shirt, jeans, and scuffy sneakers. He said, I noticed that you dressed for horseback riding. I had a horse. Most people don't understand how delicate they are for such big, powerful creatures. He spoke quietly and easily about how often horses die from things like a broken heart. He had the kind of deep, gravelly voice that would make you feel safe and comfortable if it were coming out of the PA system in an airliner in bad weather. You began to look forward to your lunchtime conversations. You had the kind of sense of humor that covers a deep, lonely streak, like a wound that is healed but still hurts. He's shy. He only talks about things that are important to him. Small talk is simply not his style. When he talks about the weather, it's with a pilot's respect for the life-and-death power of nature. But he certainly has a small life. His airplane, his collection of jazz CDs, and now his lunchtime meetings with you. He sees things that are too small for most people to notice. The way sunlight catches bits of dust in the air. The way your eyes change color when you laugh. The secrets the other diners are giving away with small changes in their body language. He's a widower. He's a little down on his luck. Flight instructors don't make very much money. Until last year, he was a co-pilot with an airline that didn't make it. His job crashed the day after his wife was killed in a traffic accident. Then one day he said, I might come out to watch you ride sometime after lunch. 
and today he did it. Nobody ever came out to watch you ride, even when you went to shows. He just stood outside the barn with his arms folded, and when he caught your eye, he smiled, and you were so surprised, you got off your horse, you ran over to him, and you wrapped both your arms around one of his, and you leaned your head against his shoulder. There was a trace of engine smell in the soft brown leather of his jacket, and more than a trace of surprise in his eyes. His arms automatically made a ring around your shoulders. Without thinking, you laid your cheek against his chest and you slipped your hand under his jacket and shirt and you were rubbing slowly up and down his back. He took a quick, deep breath that sounded like an old wound breaking open. And then without a word, he loosened his arms so you could step back if that's what you wanted to do. But you didn't, because you couldn't move. The message in his eyes was steady and clear. If you stay where you are, Please, don't ever expect me to be just your friend. No confusion. No protection. No words. You knew you needed to speak. You needed to say no, but you couldn't. There was only the rustle of your breathing and his quiet heartbeat. And then a deep, powerful male sound came up from somewhere unprotected inside him. It wasn't a word, it was just a sound, but it filled all the space between you with a quick, soft shock. And you were suddenly safe, but warm and dangerously naked in his arms. The time for small talk in your life may be past. saw the female way that she walked, athletic, beautiful. He saw the changing color of her eyes, and he felt her, her warmth, her curiosity about him. And the touch of her hand on his back turned the words into simple sounds, grunts, most primitive, primal kind of oral sex. It was an astounding example of evolution in reverse. That's called Mr. Small Talk. It's in the Bedtime Stories personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast, or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to www.dicksummer.com and download it from the Bedtime Stories icon there on the home page. Valentine's Day, one of my favorite days. As Big Louie says, you're never too old to make out as long as you have any moving parts left. And I do. Valentine's Day is good. You get to tell somebody I love you, or at least I like you. Yeah. Means baseball's spring training is about to start. It's a day when the thought really is more important than the gift. You don't have to break the bank, you know? It's the thought. And I have found that, as a matter of fact, the thought is the key, because if you can get the right kind of thought going, I have found that Louis Louie generation ladies like my lady Wonder Wench generally really get into the spirit of the giving, so to speak. 
And, of course, if you're a Louie Louie lad like I am, you'll certainly put to good use the power of warm words. Oral sex. And, of course, you'll follow Big Louie's advice having to do with any of your remaining moving parts. If you got them, move them. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.